Welcome to the Mile 99 interview with your host, Jessica Harris, Mike Turner, and Greg Larkin. Enjoy this episode. We'll see you on the trails. See you out there. See you there. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Mile 99 interview. I'm one of your hosts, Mike Turner. The Mile 99 is a place to hang out with our like-minded folks in our running community, share our stories, successes, failures, even our deepest, deepest, deepest trail secrets. It's also the place to get the latest in the local race news, find out what's going on in the community, where you can volunteer, where you can help out, where you can run. We record live on Zoom and Facebook, one take, no breaks. And unlike your running groups, what is said here is on the record. We record it in case we need to have some ammunition for the future. We're watching you. I'm joined by my co-hosts and the best in the world, Jessica Harris and Greg Larkin. Greg, how's it going out there? Oh, doing pretty good. Uh, a couple, yeah, like about 10 days post uh, Backyard Ultra. I think I finally recovered. Um, yeah, thanks for being out there, Mike. And uh, saw Tom out there as well. And um yeah, I, it was tougher than I thought. You know, I've done a couple before. We did one a few years back, um, but in person was different, and the weather was definitely a factor. Um, so I'll try it again. I hope to go further than thirteen laps. I was kind of disappointed. I was hoping to go further, but boy, I was I was hurting. I had a lot of issues, um, probably not least of which because I hadn't been training as much as I should have. But that's a mental. It's a mentally tough thing for sure. So <laughs> getting back into things and just kind of chilling out a little bit, doing some cross training and then uh, probably start ramping up things by the end of the month or so, I would say over the Christmas break, getting ready for the uh, formidable 50K to kick off 2024. So that's the current plan. So how are you doing, Jessica? I am great. I am wonderful. I have Fingers are recovered. I am not sick from COVID anymore. Got through the holidays, moving and grooving, getting some runs in. Ran on the trail for the first time in like since September. Um, the other day, just a little stagecoach. And I was like, man, this is it. You know, like this is it's we are so lucky here for our winters because it was cold and, but the ground was still great. And so I just am feeling very inspired, which is good because I am running. I am running everyone. I am going to show up and run Lake Sonoma 50 miler, um, in April. So, um, yeah, I can't not, I actually am like in a phase of life where I really like running in the rain. I think it's just a good distraction for me. It's something different. So no matter what, since that race is usually a little muddy. Oh, I guess it can be hot too, but the past couple of years has been a little muddy. I'm going to handle it and I'm going to love it. So everyone here, don't let me not show up. I'm going to show up. It's going to be great. No matter what I'm training. And for formidable, Greg, I'll probably be at an aid station for you. I'm usually uh, doing a Knickerbocker aid station. So um, I'll see you out there. I'm so interested in the NorCal um, backyard ultra like that. You're like, oh, I'll have extra time, like 4.2 miles. And then I'll get back. Like, we're going to have to do an episode on it, Greg, because you have a tendency to do these races. You've done one already where it's like these kind of like back and forth loop things, but. Yeah. 
Uh, we yeah, I'd love to get the uh, the winner on Roman because um, the I yeah I didn't mention I mean it you know I dropped after 13 hours and they went to 34 hours and it was pretty brutal out there I think so pretty impressive um, timing I thought and uh, yeah I'd love to hear about the mental challenges that presented. Yeah, I can't even imagine. So, anyways, that's me and Greg. Mike, how you doing? Yeah, I was saying about those two guys because Greg, you were telling me you have to keep up like a 12 minute mile and it seems easy enough, but at, after 30 miles, I'm not doing 12s anymore, you know? So, and then if you go into the second night, you have to have a sleep, a sleep strategy. It's like, it's a lot to think about. It seems complicated. And, uh, but 12 minute mile seems easy enough, mm-hmm. but it, it, it'll wear on you after a while. So definitely it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, physically I, I didn't time out. So like I could have started the 14th lap, but I think what broke me was after the four hours of rain we had during and the high winds we had during the day, it started to sprinkle on me on the 12th hour. And I just was like, that's it. I'm, I'm out. (laughs) I've lost all New England credibility at this point. (laughs) I was just about to say, you're going to have some family to talk to about (laughs) crying over some clean of rain <laughs> yeah no for sure no it's it's yeah it's, it's a great race we'll have to do a show on that congratulations craig make mike what do you have going on you know just uh i'm in my off season i can take a full time off in the winter let my joints heal my ligaments my tendons you know 10 months is is enough to run a year so i always it's hard to the CIMs going on. There's a lot going on. California is a year-round running cycle, but I, I take time off and I, I cross train. I'm riding my bike, riding riding the bike a lot, and just doing that. So, but I'll probably get in, get back into running in December because two things: one, when I don't run, my back will start to hurt every yeah. time. So three weeks out, I'm like, okay, and I get heartburn. So weird, it, yeah. So I have to start running again just to keep my stay alive, I guess, because it's it's such a sad <laughs> truth of getting old. You got to run because you have to. So I will start running again to keep the back in shape and keep the heartburn away. And then I'll be back out there. Well, I know that for sure. I'll see Greg and Mike this Saturday. Mike, how many tickets do you have in the lottery? Not, not 50,000. How many? I don't know. Like 32. Greg, how many do you have? I have eight. Here we go. Put them together, guys. Ask you to do that. <laughs> we go. And then Rochambeau if one of you gets picked. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> well, we're all going to be together on Saturday, so we'll hope to see some of you guys out there. Um, if you see Mike, Greg, or myself, please grab us. We'd love to meet anyone we haven't met before. Um, take a little selfie. Maybe even give us a little interview if you want. Um we're just so thankful for everyone who supported us. We're rolling into a fifth season after our winter break. So that seems crazy and so awesome. Um, We are getting new Patreons all the time. You can join as low as a dollar. Our newest member is Kyle C who just joined uh, with a large monthly donation. Kyle, we thank you so much. Thanks for joining us. Um, We think that you came from David and Hassan's group. So that's part of our group too. So we're glad to have you guys. Um, Our Patreons do have some perks. You guys get a stand for the post-show and ask any of our guests questions and beyond for that. Um, You also get um, 
the post show in video form on our Patreon. So that's awesome. We thank you guys so much for all the support. If you are not interested in another reoccurring monthly fee, you can always Venmo, Venmo us. We are at the mile 99 interview and it helps a lot. Keep the lights on around here. Thanks guys so much. Um, we have a lot of things going on in our community as well. Greg, what are the next coming races coming up? Yeah. So, um, well, let's see. I think the big one we want to talk about here is um, Martin's. Uh, Martin Sengo, our friend, is uh, putting on, we've been talking about this one, the, a new race this year, Doomsday 50K and Half Marathon on the 9th of um, December. And it's going to start over on uh, the cool side of the canyon at the fire station. And really what Martin's trying to do is really as we're a lot of us are familiar with those trails over there but he's really trying to bring it to a whole different set of trails that people might not be as familiar with so i think that's kind of a cool idea uh he's super pumped he was wearing the t-shirt for it last night um he's ready to go he's got the swag i mean he's putting on like a, a class uh race here first uh first time ever so i am um, i saw there's quite a few people signed up for both events and uh, i'm really excited to uh, see him succeed with that he is He's riding that uh, uh, newborn twins high, I think, right now, and he's just uh, working really hard and, and really is just he just puts so much back into the community. And he's such a great guy and inspiring and running all these races on top of all that. So he's got a lot going on. So let's get out there and support him. If you see any calls for volunteers and, and you can't um, run the race, I'm sure he'd appreciate that as well. Uh, we're also going to be having the resolution run, the yearly uh, tradition on the 1st of January through um, Paulo's Auburn Aid Station. And uh, you can earn your N from the word Auburn from the sixth year running here. So you get your N medal and you can make your six um, letter Auburn medal set. Uh, so I'm, I'm getting out there for that one. I'm excited to do that. Kick the year off. Um course we've got the lottery this weekend uh anybody that is not going to be able to attend in person you can certainly go to lottery.wser.org that's the main live stream website on the western states uh, website uh you're going to see the live stream there you're going to see a live update of all the runners picked uh and get all the information you need right there so if you can't join in person go to that site and uh get on i'm sure that's going to be uh, super popular we'll be there like jessica said and i also saw that western states posted that if you're having like a little watch party like if you mm -hmm. and a couple friends are watching let them know because they'll put you on the live stream yeah um, so kind of like new year's eve vibes like when they pan to different groups of people so right. I think that's really fun and inclusive so if you are having a little watch party make sure to let them know yeah that's a, a nice little feature there i think they just added this year or so um, yeah, it's, it's always a, a fun time. Um, Craig kind of gives a good overview at the beginning, talking about the race and who's in it and all of that. We're going to be talking to somebody real quick here who's in it already. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's a big event. And of course the next day, always uh, California international marathon, and we've got a whole bunch of our friends that are doing pace groups and running the race and all of that. Um, so if you want a great time, head down to Sacramento to the finish line, that's going to be a party or anywhere along the course. Um, I did some uh, volunteering last year and uh, it was just super fun to see these, these road runners because I just don't see that a lot. And just being part of a marathon is such a different and really fun experience, uh, even if you're not running it. Uh, we've got various um, holiday runs coming up as well. I think I'm actually signed up for the Santa Hustle on 1210. 
the 5k. So, um, yeah, uh, doing a lot of these little, little races here and there, it's going to be super fun. Uh, get yourself in the mood for, uh, the holidays. And then once we roll past that, uh, now we're getting into, um, yeah, even some like later December Woodside ramble 50 K, um, Again, there's more um, just road races out there throughout the holidays. And then we actually kick off. There's a no hands trail run um, in the Auburn Canyon, 50K, January 6th. So, and then the meat grinder, 50K the following week. So, I mean, you can just start basically right after the holidays and just go straight into it. And then we've got the whole trifecta of 50Ks in February and early March there, way to cool, uh, formidable, and uh, Salmon Falls, which are classics. And uh, I know somebody on the call here has uh, an affinity to Salmon Falls as well. We'll chat about that. Um, so yeah, so much good stuff going on. Uh, like Mike said, you know, you can run year round, you know, listen to your body, you know, make sure. Oh, and by the way, I forgot to mention, yeah, this is the the little Lucky Charm box that was being passed around four years ago at the lottery. Um, and then Jess has the minis. Uh, so maybe it'll bring luck to one of our uh, viewers here uh, at the lottery, whoever's entered. So that's what's going on right now. Um, but tonight we are talking to Emily Hoggett. And uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, she is a let's just say world-class trail runner. I mean, let's, uh, you know, be very clear. I mean, she has placed in the top 10 at Western States three times. Um, she's uh, been in the Sky Running World Series, UTMB, uh, both the 100 mile and the CCC uh, 100K race, um, and just has an impressive, impressive set of results. Uh, so much to cover with her. And so Emily, welcome to the show. And how are you doing? And maybe fill us in on where you are right now. <laughs> Yeah. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, I'm currently in South Africa. I came out here to support uh, my Adidas Terex teammates. Uh, they were racing the Ultra Trail Cape Town. And yeah, then we have a photo shoot out here. And then I'm going to go home for 10 days and race with my mom over there, which will be amazing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> very cool. And would this be sort of like an off season for you or as a professional, like, how does that work? I mean, do you have, obviously you have to peak for certain races and things like that, but do, do you get the luxury of having sort of a dedicated off season? Yeah, uh, definitely have an off season. I mean, you know, nowadays you could run all year round, especially, you know, being in different hemisphere right now. Um, there's a lot of races going on, but I've been pretty religious about taking an off season. And it it really helps. I mean, I was going to say, Mike is the reason I always have to answer the question. Doesn't that hurt your joints? <laughs> Running is no, so bad it doesn't for your knees, right? But, <laughs> but an off-season really does help the body just reset. <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean, before we kind of dive into things, uh, just while you're talking about that real quick, I just want to ask, um, just because you are a sponsored athlete, um, do you and the sponsor kind of, are you able to work with them to kind of set the, the guidelines, you know, for what your racing is and what your off season might be and all of that, or are they kind of coming in saying like, here's the program and, you know, we need people who can adhere to this, or is it flexible enough that you have that luxury of sort of tuning it to you? Yeah. Um, so I was with Scott uh, International before Terex and now with Terex. 
and every team does it differently. But with Terex, we have we do have a race like uh, calendar where they will be at, have extra support for, um, a, a, like the bonuses are a little different too in some cases. Um, so there's there are guidelines if you want them, but you're not required to actually be at any of those races, which is kind of sweet. I mean, I know from their side, obviously, you know, Western States and UTMB are huge um, platforms for them. So they're going to put more emphasis on trying to get us there. Um, but no, they even their bonus structure is incredible. They'll support everything. Um, so all those races you said, too, are on the list. So it opens up a, the world for racing. Mm. Uh, yeah so i i mean i do chat with him with robert um and like give him my season and he you know is free to give me feedback but he told me at utmb this year he never wants to force anyone to do anything they don't want to do um and yeah so we pretty much get free reign on on it and then we are also starting um to have an athlete kind of input into what races we want to be on there. Obviously we have a very diverse group, 35 of us, you know, from very short races to the hundred milers um, and worldwide. So we're, we're trying to make the list each year um, open to everyone and not just, you know, we have Western States where only a certain part of the team is going to be able to be there. Um, yeah. That's nice. Yeah. I mean, I like the sound of that, you know, just kind of thinking back to maybe decades ago when I'm guessing it was probably a little more prescribed and hopefully these days with more knowledge about people's bodies and how they respond and training methods and all of that, that it's a little more collaborative. So that's, uh, that's good to hear. Um, well, let's rewind a little bit. I know I jumped ahead a little bit there, but since we were on that topic, I just wanted to uh, find out a little bit more, but, uh, for sure, we're just interested kind of where you started, you know, where you were born and, and uh, kind of what your early life was like and maybe some of the activities you were involved in and eventually kind of how, how it led you to, um, you know, the beginnings of where you are now. Yeah, born and raised in Zimbabwe um, in a tiny little town called Beatrice and then went to boarding school at the age of five in a town called Marandera and started running with my mom <laughs> uh would follow her around in the evenings with the dogs and she would run out and then run back to me she always jokes because she says now I do that for her um <laughs> so it's kind of nice to see it come full circle and went to boarding school and we had we were you know scheduled from six in the morning until eight o'clock at night bedtime lights out um so we played every sport in the book. We were, you know, required to have go to swim practice and uh, cross country and track and tennis and field hockey and netball. And um, then high school, we had to pick a bunch of sports too. So volleyball and basketball. Um, so I tried it all. <laughs> and then even going to college, did triathlons in the summers too. Um and maybe that's what I feel like is my main guiding force to get into trail running because I hopped off the bike on what ended up being my last Ironman. Um, and I was like, I didn't like that. Thank goodness there was a marathon at the end of the Ironman so I could do that <laughs> and feel good by the end of the race. 
Um, but yeah, when I met my coach and he said that he coached people to run in the mountains all day and I didn't have to see a car or anything, my heart kind of jumped at that opportunity and, um, you know, flatlander, but getting able to be out in the mountains sounded magical. Uh, and so that's how I ended up on the trails. <laughs> nice. So when you were running with your mom, I mean, was she like an athlete through her, her schooling and kind of post-schooling as well? Or did, was that just something she sort of did on her own uh, around the farm or, or wherever? Yeah. So in school, she especially played field hockey. That was her favorite um, sport to do. And then she didn't do close collegiately. It was all on her own. Um, just yeah ran around the farm and stuff mm -hmm. so just kind of following her around and emulating what you saw it sounds like yeah <laughs> very nice now how did you just well first two questions i guess first of all one i'm just curious um was board is boarding school was that kind of like a typical type of school to go to or was there a, like a specific um you know curriculum or something that they wanted you to go to there yeah, so my boarding school was only 90 minutes away and it was weekly boarding for junior school, so grade one through grade seven. And then mm -hmm. for um, form one through form six, which is our high school, we went home once every three to four weeks. Um, and I think most of, like, yes, definitely not public education just because there's no like guarantee that you're going to get through in 13 years when it comes to learning in Zimbabwe, just because the government doesn't pay the teachers sometimes. So there's a lot of strikes or mm. you know issues like that. Um, so the, so a lot of people, if you can't afford it, will go to private school. Mm -hmm. And then it was also just way more convenient for my parents. Um, my mom would have had to drive an hour to school and an hour back each day and she works on the farm with my dad so it just didn't make sense it's like it was going to be four hours and the roads aren't safe like the bad driving and things so it wasn't a safe option and obviously we didn't want my mom to move into town to live in town for the week and then go home so my dad's on his own eat too so it was way easier to send us to school yeah <laughs> and we get to live with our friends and it was really fun um yeah well, I mean, let's just also, I mean, you know, and, and you sort of alluded to this in your questionnaire. I mean, this is during a dictatorship, this period here. Uh, so, I mean, and just in terms of like day-to-day -day living, was that, you know, pretty impactful to you through, through that time frame? And, you know, how did that affect things in your family? Yeah, I mean, the third world country um, situation with politics and uh economy and stuff is always hard uh i think just the guarantee of what's tomorrow what tomorrow is going to hold is not there um yeah and we went through a lot of different things but like we always said we could deal with our problems but we couldn't have dealt with i don't know america's problems or something so yeah we we, we figured it out <laughs> mm -hmm. Then when it, I mean, when it came time to go to college, uh, you know, you, you came to the U.S., you went to the College of Idaho. Um, what was the, the thought process there and decision making and where were you looking? Was that just sort of a goal to get there in terms of just what you wanted to study or uh, did you have just 
sort of wanted to explore other parts of the world? I was super lucky from a very young age. Me and my parents traveled a lot. My mom and dad wanted to show us, you know, the world, which was really amazing. And we shared a lot of good times and got to see a lot, which was really cool. And um, my dad said from the beginning, he wanted to kind of open those doors for us. And so he made it possible for when we did go to college, university, that we, you know, could pick where we wanted to go and hopefully that was going to be somewhere outside the country there's not very many opportunities for university inside the country a lot of people come down to South Africa um but I kind of wanted to explore you know like meet new people that sort of stuff but also for me maybe my most like guiding factor which is funny because I ended up going not on this but you know, I thought second to none. So that's kind of what got me over there. But I mean, I went to college not with any, I wasn't even on a team going into college. So um, yeah, I figured it would work out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's a great, like just adventurous spirit, I would say. Um, and I mean, congratulations. I mean, you, you earned your bachelor's degree, you earned a master's degree from Western Colorado University in high altitude exercise physiology. I can't think of a better major for a uh, mountain runner. Um, so, so I'm guessing you might've had a little, a little bit of, uh, you know, um, crossover idea there, uh, to maybe perhaps even help your, uh, your, your racing career. Um, and so, you know, and then, um, uh, for, for what we learned earlier, Earlier before the uh, the interview tonight, I mean, you joined a team pretty much like after graduating uh, with the bachelors. Um, so, how was that? Like, I mean, you were sort of you met people, um, you you know found out about this thing, uh, mountain trail running, and all of that, and and just sort of dove into it with basically that was like your first experience racing and, and training in that way. I mean, was it just sort of like a natural thing for you um, uh, to get into? Yes. So in 2017 was when I met Paul and, um, he, uh, let, he coached, started coaching me, which was amazing. Um, and that was in September 1st, 2017 was when I started. And then I raced actually out here at the ultra trail Cape town, the 65 K out here. Um, and he tra traveled out here and I remember getting to the finish line and pretty much turning around to him and saying, I found my sport. I loved it. Like, I love this. And so that's how it started. <laughs> um, yeah, sorry if I forgot the question. <laughs> oh, no, you're fine. No, no, that's kind of what I was wondering. Like, it was just one of those Perfect. things. If, yeah, I mean, it sounds like it just clicked for you. You know, you kind of had that, like, aha moment. And, and it's like, this is what I've been waiting for sort of thing. I mean, you dabbled in triathlons and all that. And at least there you kind of get a little experience of different types of sports, but you know, it sounds like you really honed in on the, uh, you know, the trail running and, and all of that. Um, you know, it appears and, and just looking at your results, I mean, you had like very good success, like right out of the gate. Um, what do you attribute that to? Uh, I mean, it's my passion and I love it out there. Um, I work hard at it i know everyone does um uh yeah i i'm gonna i yeah i love it and i think i just lucked out too and i mean trusting in paul from the start 
Mm. Um, just like his guy, I didn't know anything about even the mountains, let alone running in them. Um, so having kind of that guiding light uh, for me really helped. And then kind of taking the mythology and dedication to training from being a boarding school or being under Pat McCurry at in college. Um, it really, it all kind of came together. So I really think it's a full team effort <laughs> um, and attribute that to um, my success and obviously the support from my sponsors um, and my teams have been incredible. Uh, and now being on the Terex team too, I have teammates that are actually teammates. They don't just wear the same uniform as me. Uh, my phone is constantly blowing up with messages from the team supporting each other and we all, you know, we all want the best for each other. And it's, it's a really cool thing to be a part of. And then just being a part of the communities, uh, moving, you know, to Roseville and being a part of the Auburn community has been incredible. Mm. Um, and it just kind of feels that fire. It feels that passion. And I think it all, it all has come together to, yeah, make. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so cool it's to possible. hear, like, you know, it sounds to me like, I mean, even though, you know, obviously we're amateurs, we don't get paid, we're not on sponsored teams, but even when you are, it's still that community feel, you know what I mean? I mean, it sounds at least talking to you from the sound of your voice and, and the way you express it. I mean, it's, it's still that support. It's not like a bunch of egos go in and just talking to you. I don't really detect you going in with this huge ego or anything like look at me or anything. I mean, you work hard, you get the results because you're you're passionate about it, and uh, you know a lot of us. I mean, we're we're passionate. We love it. Um, just being out in nature and things like that. And it sounds like that's possibly what what clicked for you uh, early on as well. It was like, wow, the mountains. These are amazing. I love being out here. So it's really uh, refreshing to hear that uh, that type <laughs> of story. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. yeah, I think like you said, it just um, when your passion. I, I lucked out that my passion become, you know, is my job. And uh, so yeah, I would do it if I wasn't sponsored. Um, and right. that's kind of my, my secret weapon is that I would be here without, with or without, you know, money behind it or anything like that. And um, so I get up in the day and get excited about what do I have on my schedule for training? Not, mm -hmm. oh, I have to go do this because it's right. on my schedule today. Yep. Love it. Yeah. Well, I know that, uh, with that passion, I know Mike Turner has some passions I, as well. I do have a, a passion and it's actually my gators of all things. My <laughs> Catula brand gators. I just love those. I wake up and I think about them and as part of my, my, my daily pattern, I put them on in the shower just to kind of start, start bonding early with those. But they're, they're a great company out of Flagstaff, Arizona, and they make these cool gators. Uh, they're this they have a they have a strap on bottom which do you think oh, i don't want the strap but that the strap is super strong a thousand mile warranty on the strap uh it's huh? a side zipper closer uh the stretch woven construction you know when i first started wearing them they're so light and they're durable uh, i've had lots of gators if you've been a runner emily you have lots of products i've had lots of different types and these are strong yet they're very light you don't sweat in them so they're very cool uh, and I just uh, I just ordered my third pair, an even longer pair, to wear with my topo high top. So I'm getting quite the collection of these. I know Greg has ordered some uh, exospikes. They make traction footwear. So if you're a winter trail runner 
and you want to get some traction on the ice and snow. California gets pretty hard winters here. Uh, it gets down to like 60 sometimes. And if you want <laughs> really good traction, they have those products as well. So you can go there to katula.com, K-A-H-T-O-O-L-A.com. You can use our code to get expedited free shipping, the mile 99 at checkout. Get that free shipping and get those ready for this cold, harsh California winter we're about to hit, head into. Mike, you know what I'm passionate about? Commercial. Your segues for our ads. That crushed <laughs> my dude. But <laughs> I think everyone is gearing up for lottery time for Western states. Um, so let's just dive into Western state stuff. Emily, you got into <laughs> the trail running um, community hot and heavy, and you, you know, threw down some impressive times, but I think not everyone ha was watching, but we were watching. You're back to back to back, 100Ks, chasing a golden ticket um, for Western states. Um, you want to tell us when that was and why Why were you so passionate about getting a, a golden ticket? It was in 2021, <laughs> and that was the goal. Um, you know, we dove in and I don't know if my coach <laughs> knew I would take him as seriously but we you know we decided like okay we're going for the golden ticket that means you start in Bandera at that time it was Bandera Black Canyon and Canyons and we start there and then if we don't get up um, Bandera then we try and get it at Black Canyon and then if we you know if we don't get it there we try and get it at Canyons and so that's what what I had signed up for um, at the beginning. And yeah, I was very excited. It was part of the plan um, to, I ended up doing my first 100 miler in 2020. Um, it was cool during COVID. Uh, we still had the I'm Tough 100 miler in Idaho. And so I got that uh, and under my belt. And then I really wanted to run Western States, um, obviously with the history of Paul Lind and his family. I, he had just shared so much of the magic with me and I'd gone out to American River 50 and met the community out there and managed to get on the trails. Um, and yeah, kind of that just fire was lit to do what I could to see if I could get to the start line. And so, I mean, we talk about it. There is a lot of joy in your job. There's a lot of joy in this community, but there had to be some stress doing that many races with you know you're like you're itching for it but there's a lot of people itching for it so after you didn't get the first or even the second how did you walk into canyons like how did you make that mindset like positive joyful but like also I'm here to to get this talk us through that yeah oh, it's cool to like think back <laughs> um like I think fr from the start because I knew like it was a possibility of running three <clears throat> was that, I mean, either way I got to the end of three and I was going to have run three incredible races. You know, you always hear about those three races. People had shared a lot about their experiences or I, I mean, I got to travel to Texas. I'd never been to Texas before. So that was cool to do the Bandera race and then going to Black Canyon there's always some magic there. You know, you get to go run in the desert. And that was, I'd actually been out and crude and paced out there too. So I'd kind of felt some of that magic and energy out there. And then going into canyons, 
Um, I mean, it was just, sure, we're running, we were running backwards uh, that year, like on the Western States Trail, but I still got the opportunity to be on that trail that has kind of become a part of me too. And uh, yes, I think it was just like the gratefulness and thankfulness that I got to be out there, um, no matter the result. And so you walked away, spoiler for everyone. I mean, it happened already, but uh, you got (laughs) third place and you got a golden ticket to run Western States that year. Uh, You crossed the line. Mm -hmm. When you crossed the line, did you know that you had gotten a golden ticket or were you still not sure of placing? Or if I think the person, the second place person already was in, was it the first person or what you tell me? (laughs) Yeah. So there was actually, it was kind of wild. Um, this is fun too, but, uh, so yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously, you know, getting there and there was a third one. Um, and technically I crossed the finish line four in fourth place, but, um, there was some miscommunication on markers and directions and things like that. Um, so some people had gone different ways. So like, honestly when I crossed the finish line I didn't know (laughs) like the only thing I knew oh no I did know because Audrey um blanking on her last name and Beth Pascal who won Beth Pascal won and then Abby got her ticket and then Abby Hall and then Audrey uh yeah blanking on her last name she already had an entry too um so I did know when I crossed the finish line and to be honest like because everyone you know it was people were like well did you did you get third fourth I was like I don't care I got a ticket (laughs) um (laughs) yeah so it was just like in heaven to yeah be there and it was super exciting to have like like I said on my post after that like I ran 300 k's to get to that golden ticket which was cool (laughs) that is just like a once maybe once in a lifetime opportunity maybe not 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 for you but for some (laughs) um and so you go to western states the first time just months after you ran your first 100 miler and you got three more i mean you had a loaded season before you even stepped up to that line for your first Western state. So how do you think all the, that training and experience before running Western states for the first time, how do you think that helped you on race day? I mean, I wouldn't have replaced it. I think it was the training, you know, block. I learned so much. Like I learned from the first one, I kind of screwed up my recovery time. If that makes sense. Like I jumped back into training way too quick which didn't affect my next races, but it just gave me a really good insight into what your body needs after a 100K race. And so recovery was learned during that. And then I, you know, I got injured during Brack Canyon. I fell there. And so that taught me a whole nother aspect of like being on top of recovery and like the work that needed to be done going into things. And so, and obviously like, missing tickets and things like that as much as it wasn't like I said you I was still super joyful and thankful to be out there I think overcoming kind of struggles where you don't meet your a goal straight away um also helped so in any hundred miler we all go through mental uh, physical and emotional highs and lows um and so maybe that helped in some way too of like you, you can get to the finish line and 
be you know fine um and I think that was cool too as long as you get up and go on to the next one or in an ultra as long as you take that next step you can keep moving forward and potentially like get your golden ticket which is really um cool uh yeah and I I because I did UTMB after Western States that year too and I've told my coach a million times I don't think I could have done the back-to-back 100 milers without having that 100k experience um of three that quick quick after each other uh yeah it wouldn't have been possible without having that experience already and I believe you were the first the only person that year to get top 10 at western states and UTMB right (laughs) is that right yeah Yeah. and I think yeah a lot of that heavy you know, training and learning what to do, learning about patience is really important in this sport. Um, and running with gratitude, even when you don't, is really important. So, um, yeah, UTMBs, we could do a whole episode of, on that. But I think I really want to hear about your first Western States. Like, if you can remember, like, walk us through that day, anything that was like any tough parts? Was it a snow year? Was it a hot year? Tell everyone how that went for you. Yeah, I remember every minute. <laughs> it was amazing. And I definitely like remember waking up early and getting over to the start line. It was a really warm year. So even at the start, you know, tank top and vests um, because it was already warm. Um, I actually, <clears throat> yeah, we started, we didn't have snow. I don't think I even saw a patch. I'm trying to think. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I saw a patch. Um but I just remember like, it was just magical, like hiking up the start, like, and actually being there and racing. Um, and I carried every mile I'd run to get there, um, with me. And I was so grateful, like no one could ruin it for me because (laughs) it didn't matter. Like it was just about starting, um, and yeah, just taking all those miles and just running how I could. So it was amazing. Um, yeah, got over to uh, Duncan Canyon and really felt the heat right away. And I didn't have uh, like a way to cool down right there. And I realized that and actually um, automatically slowed down because I knew <laughs> I could destroy myself if I pushed from there. We we're still early in the race. Um, so learned very quick uh, what heat is and what that means on race day. Uh, so yeah made that decision dropped back a little bit right off the from the start and then yeah had a really strong day I mean now I've learned after doing a few hundred milers and 100ks your stomach's gonna turn you know anyways <laughs> it just you it's the luck of the draw if it turns early or turns late um and you just have to figure it out so I'm sure I messed up something and food wise or not messed up just that day my stomach didn't agree with something um which it all you know it always does or doesn't um and it was yeah it was amazing I learned what it was like to have paces on a hundred miler when your mind isn't quite there (laughs) um which was incredible it's great to share miles with uh my crew and my pacers and um yeah kind of just learn the race learn more about the community I hadn't moved over there yet so I I knew people, but I didn't know everyone. Um, yeah, it was a magical, magical year. And 
really just being in that whole environment. Um, uh, the whole trail comes alive, like all the way from from score down to Auburn is incredible. <laughs> I know. And I think it's so in my brain, it's like we have the Western States lottery and then we have CIM the next day. And mm-hmm. the two of them are so iconic. Uh, CIM is for anyone not familiar is the California international marathon. And you, the, you're never alone when you run that course. I mean, there's thousands of people running thousands of people around. And I feel like that with Western States, you're never alone for that long, either a racers coming by or a, gigantic aid stations coming um so you you get like this feel good vibe all the way through always people to help um did you have any low points that you had to kind of push through to to get a top 10 spot I'm guessing you had to work pretty hard at some points (laughs) to get that (laughs) yeah for sure um yeah my low points Uh, I did actually have a full stomach turn just before Cal 2 um so that was hard because I was like okay what do I do (laughs) I still have 30 miles or whatever to run um and now I I did have a pacer but she didn't have any 100 mile experience and um just for listeners I think it's it's kind of key to have that or have someone that you've really talked through what doing a 100 mile uh race means and um yeah finding someone who kind of knows that area a little well or that you can be very honest with uh is very helpful um yeah so I just I I needed some tricks to (laughs) see what I could do to turn my stomach back um and it was hot so that's hard too because you don't actually know if it's your stomach or if it's just the heat and your body's working really hard um so yeah that was my biggest and I had someone passed me on that section two or two people I think um so that was a low I think and just that I was so excited for that section um but with struggles was like running slower than I thought I could and then yeah then I mean it's just a fight when you get <laughs> to like green gate to the finish it's just as everything you got um so yeah, I'm sure I cried. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I remember. I remember after that year, I told everyone like, yeah, I cried in every single race I did, even though it was an amazing year. You get to those low points and you just got to let some emotion out. <laughs> totally. But it, it comes back around. If you're patient enough and you keep going, you do get <laughs> the finish line sometimes mm-hmm. before the 30 hours, sometimes well after, yeah. but you get there. Um, so you crossed the line. You were top 10 which for anyone who's not familiar that means you automatically qualify for the next western states top 10 men and top 10 females and so did you know that you were going to go back were you like yes I'm going back or no I'm good oh yeah I got to finish that I was like okay we do it again (laughs) so you went so you went back I went back I did how was that (laughs) I mean that was incredible too because you just have that gratitude of I didn't have to race 300 k's to get here yeah <laughs> because that's a yeah, completely so- different training block I mean I mean yeah. unless you don't unless you don't want it to be you could do that but um sure. yeah so how do you walk up to your second one with that cushion that confidence like I I'm already here maybe you don't put in as much work because you put in so much work to get there you're like I'm finishing no matter what and the second time mm-hmm. maybe some people could be a little confident, like, or were you like, no, I'm going to put in the same work. I'm going to, I want, I want to do big things again. 
yeah, I think it was cool. I got to choose the work um, for that year. And, you know, I sat down with uh, Paul and we made a plan of getting to that start line and getting to the finish line, you know, areas I thought I could improve. Um, you know, obviously not having this, the recovery training, you know, uh, peak peak weekends and stuff for the 100Ks and then recovery from the 100Ks. That all plays a factor into the training plan. And, um, yeah, I had my strength coach at that point, Pat McCurry. And so sat with both coaches and we kind of came up with a plan um, and listened to the body and saw what it could do and, you know, tried some different things, which was fun. Um, yeah, I was I was really excited to be there and definitely getting to the start line, not having maybe the race stress on my shoulders that I'd had the year before um, was pretty incredible. It was just different to get to that start line. Um, and it's not your first Western either. And so you're like, okay, I know the course. I know where the aid stations are at. And also I knew some of the community by that point. So it was really fun. I could run up. I know <laughs> like Scott was at the Eldorado um, aid station. And so I have a great picture. That's uh, my profile picture right now. And I just got to be goofy every time I saw my community, which was incredible. It was, it added such a good spark of energy to the race. <laughs> so you finished in 2022, fifth place, improving by two places. So I guess that 100K before didn't even matter because you came in, <laughs> you knew the trail a little bit better. Um, did you have different, more experienced pacers the second time or did you stick with the same people? I stuck with them, but I switched them around. <laughs> there you go. There you yeah, go. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and then, so you crossed the finish line again. You got fifth. Yeah. So what are you doing next? Are you going back? Did you go back? Yeah, you I want to go back. She did. Spoiler, guys. <laughs> if you don't know, she ran Western States in 2023. She got fifth place again. Um, it was such a cool year. Everyone, I mean, I saw you at Robinson. I was like, dang, she looks good. So I forced her, dang, she looks good. Oh, cross the finish line. Dang, she looks good. Um, so three Western States, um, you crossed fifth. Are you going back? Yes. <laughs> <You> go. <laughs> um, well, you said you weren't going to do UTMB after that first in 2021, I believe. You went and did UTMB right after Western States. But I see that last year you went and did CCC <laughs> right after. So you weren't going to do UTMB, but you you went back and did CCC and you got second. That is a crazy turnaround. Um, yeah. how, how did you convince yourself that you wanted to do that again? <laughs> yeah, so I'd actually, I had had practice. I did Western 2021. And did UTMB that same year and then did the same thing the next year too. Um, so I had two years of experience uh, and I knew my body could handle it. I felt good by the time I was on the UTMB course or on the CCC course. Oh, yeah, UTMB course. So then I knew that it'd be fun to step up for a CCC. My body could handle it. Um, and obviously jumping into actually a shorter distance, I knew my body would be okay. And it was kind of exciting to try something new. Um, even though I was going to be out there and going to be out there before to be with the team um, is always an exciting plan. So 
it was an easy decision. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was great. I had a purpose for doing CCC. I really wanted to learn the back end of the course with um, being awake. Like by the time you get there in UTMB, you've been awake for nine, 10, 11, 12 hours. Um, and so it's pretty much a survival mode uh, section. And so it was fun to do the um, 100K, the back end of the course on fresh legs and being alive and awake. <laughs> I love that. And if it, I mean, I was glued to UTMB coverage. It was quite a female race for CCC this year. I mean, there was not a lot of wiggle room for those placings this year. So congratulations. Well, last year, I don't even know what year I am this year, this year, this year. I feel like the season's <laughs> over once UTMB is over, but it was just a couple months ago. Um, yeah. But yeah, that it was such a good race. Um, any any highlights from that? I'm sure there's a bunch, but we are getting close on time. But I just that was such an outstanding performance from you and the women's field, like crazy race. Yeah, I mean it's it's super fun. Like I said at Weston, like we only like I only had my race, and I felt like it was an incredible race because of the female competition around me. We are constantly pushing each other to be better competitors out there. Um, so that makes it really fun. And it was exactly the same thing at CCC because the pressure was on from all sides and the females in the field were really stepping up. It made the race incredible. Um, and it's fun. It's m way more exciting than having a two hour gap, you know, between people. Um, lots Some of, of us highlights. Mind that, Emily. Some of us <laughs> wouldn't mind just winning by two hours. But yeah. Two hours. <laughs> <laughs> it's true but it's not exciting for everyone watching <laughs> okay guys listen you heard it here first she likes to put on a show so you like that, <laughs> you like that. Classic. <laughs> uh yeah but lots of highlights um the, the coolest thing was is that you know for UTMB the support crew too has to be out there for a long time you don't see everyone for a long time for CCC, the camera guys were out there with me because it wasn't actually that much of a gap between the guys ahead of me on my team and me. So it was super fun to see everyone. Um, obviously, my teammate won. And so uh, that was just incredible crossing the finish line. Um, I was so excited to tell my, tell my manager when we got to the finish line that we could handle it. There were only two of us in the race. We went one, two, which was really exciting. Um, and I was so excited to celebrate with her. I like, yeah, I grabbed her hand and like, we went back and like waved to the crowd and it was really fun. Um, so that was definitely a highlight, um, to have, uh, your teammates be celebrating with at the finish line. She crushed it. Uh, super cool. Well, I, you run these races that are highly publicized races and as much joy as they bring in community, they can be really exhausting. Um, to, you can show up to the start line like emotionally tanked out like you you know you gave you gave all your people in um <laughs> the day before or something so how do what do you have any advice for people who maybe are going to be running western states this year maybe for the first time or how do you kind of preserve your energy to make sure that you can show up 100 percent for race day but also enjoy you know enjoy everything that's going on the days before yeah, that's such a great question and um, something I have really learned over time, too. I'm very much a people person and I love pouring into people and, um, you know, getting to spend time and energy 
but I have learned where the line is. And on race day, I'm much more of a maybe go and share a meal with friends and family and support crew. And then I'm, you know, off on my own, maybe doing my run or sitting in my room and just relaxing and doing my recovery boots, that sort of thing. I take a lot of maybe alone time or just time I'm not required to overthink or over pour into people. Um, I know it drains us a lot. And um, that's, yeah, very important. Like on on race week, as much training as you, as you put in to be there, um, don't give it away before the race actually starts. Um, so don't feel bad about taking time. Like you have lots of time to celebrate with everyone afterwards. Um, but be conscious of your time around people and pouring into people. And if you're an introvert, you know, take maybe a little extra time or quiet time, watch a movie, um, you know, really be aware of what energy you're giving out. And if you have ways to fill yourself up too, like people you like spending time with or books you like reading, that sort of thing, like do a little extra on race week. Taper time and um, race week is so fun. There's obviously a lot to do at Western States, but picking and choosing is very, um, it's just what you got to do. You're not missing out, <laughs> even if, you know, you can't be at every talk or anything like that. Um, find ways that you can be a part of it. If you need to be laying in your bed and listening to a live stream talk instead, maybe that's a good option. Um, or, yeah, or you can go and be a part of an event afterwards, go and crew someone um, to, you know, maybe spend more time with them, uh, find alternative options and don't feel guilty about taking time for yourself. Yeah, that's really um, wise advice. We see some of the elites just like out and about more like, like for me, I just got to save some of save some of those, you know, my energy. But we a couple weeks ago, I think it was actually months ago, we had one of your athletes on Kenzie. And so oh, I yeah. just, we have a lot yeah, more to talk about. We're going to wrap up soon, but we're going to, in our post show, talk about Salmon Falls 50K because you have some business that you do there. And we're going <laughs> to talk, um, about some more stuff. So hang tight guys, but real quick, before we get to rapid fire, Emily, are you still coaching? I am. <laughs> or, um, how would people get a hold of you if they were interested in being coached by you? Uh, yeah, they just need to message me um, over Instagram or chat to me. Uh, yeah. I mean, we could have a chat. <laughs> She'll teach you how to run with joy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the hope. It's got to be fun, right? Yeah. Our number one rule is have fun. It's always a good thing to keep in mind for sure. And uh, we're rolling into the last latter part of the show now. We do like to do a little rapid fire question and answer here. So are you ready for that? Sure. I think our, our, our first typical question is rotor trail. I think we already know possibly the answer to that one. So I'm going to switch it up a little bit there. I'm guessing it's probably trail. Am I right? It's trail, but road's fun. Road's <laughs> well, fun? Okay. Yeah, All right. Well, in that fun. case, in that case, <laughs> let's start with this one then. Uh, given road or trail, where would be your favorite place to run, whether or not it's one or any any surface? I was thinking about, I mean, I love, this is funny, but I love the meat grinder section at the lake. Whoa. <laughs> 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 all right all right yeah you got to work on the footwork in there for sure but that's a good one yeah 
And it's really great in the rain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so going for a run in the rain. <laughs> Absolutely. And what is your favorite post-race meal? Oh. Um, favorite one. I feel like in the race you have all these ideas and then at the end you don't know what you're going to eat. Um Probably like a good steak once my stomach is back to being settled. Yeah, that's the problem <laughs> after after most of these, right? It's just, <laughs> just no, nothing's going to get in there. But yeah, you got to wait a little yep. while. <laughs> All yeah. right. Well, uh, next up, um, given the fact that you've had many different uh, successes and races and various events, do you have any bucket list at this point in terms of a race, an event? or any just non-race event adventure that you're still thinking about? Ah, so many. I couldn't even list them all off. <laughs> There's so many cool places I want to see and be a part of. Um, so many that are kind of in the plan, but I'm waiting until later on in my career to get there. Western States is always a bucket list race every year. It just gets added back on. So that's really good. <laughs> um, yeah. And like, like you said, like the smaller races too are as important and exciting. So there's a lot of that um, that in the works as well. Um, some races over here, um, Zimbabwe's stepping up their trail game. So it's been fun to see and maybe add some of those races to my bucket list. Mm. Uh, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, your home country and all, that's excellent. Yeah. Well, I'm sure we'll dive a little bit into that too in the post show. And final question, cats or dogs? Dogs, but I have a cat. Her name is Ochi, and awesome. <laughs> I'm telling her. I'm telling her. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much for playing our little game here at the end, Emily. It's been great. Um, we're gonna stick around. We're gonna do a little post show chat with you a little bit longer for our Patreon members. Um, but for everybody else, uh, we're super thankful for you uh, joining us for this hour to learn a little bit about Emily. I hope you enjoyed it. We're very thankful for all of our Patreon and Venmo supporters. Um, uh, so appreciative uh, that we can keep bringing you great episodes with all kinds of really interesting people from all around our different communities. And uh, if you are new uh, and you haven't already followed us on social media, uh, please look up the Mile 99 interview across all the platforms, Facebook, Instagram. As I mentioned, we're on Venmo and Patreon for any donations. Uh, we definitely appreciate that. And uh, we love posting all kinds of interesting content, stories and such. Um, and we really encourage people to tag us whenever you're out and you just or on an adventure, uh, let us know about it. We'd love to uh, share your stories and all of that and uh, really just amplify the community. So uh, we can't wait to see you all at the lottery. Uh, I know you won't be there in person, Emily, but I'm sure you'll be there in spirit if you're not watching the live stream, but we'll absolutely see you at the event uh, in June next year for sure. Um, and we hope to see lots of really excited people at the lottery this weekend. Uh, I know it's going to be great. We hope we'll have a lot of people in the audience that get drawn. That's always a great time. Um, so we will see you at the auditorium. Let's leave it with that and bring your lucky charm box. All right. Thanks all. And uh, take care. Good night. Stay on the trail. Bye. <laughs>